0: It's Sunday morning, time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And wow, what a week in the great outdoors! This morning, I'm going to try to encapsulate two issues that uh, dominate the press and explain maybe what they mean for the outdoors. This is the great outdoors show, after all, but they also clearly have, well, a political overtone to them because you can't get away from it. And then I'm also going to talk about something that is sweeping the country, if, if we have time, and that is that sportsmen are deciding that they should change longstanding strategies uh, for hunting waterfowl based upon the desire to uh, minimize the impact of hunting gun sounds on, on hunting across America. It's happening from Maryland to California, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that if I have time, but first, I, I have to start off with a headline that grabbed me this week and it, it, it just showed, it, it showed me in so many ways how conservation organizations, a lot of them have just gone completely adrift and cannot help themselves but slobber at the federal trough. Not all organizations, obviously. And there are wonderful partnerships such as the North American Wetlands Conservation Act with Ducks Unlimited at the lead where you have public private partnerships that are spending taxpayer money very well, matching it with hard-earned private sector funds. And the North American Wetlands Conservation Act is is a tremendous benefit to, to the preservation of wetlands and wetland-dependent birds and waterfowl across North America. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what's happening in the conservation community with this budget reconciliation bill which according to the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, they call it Build Back Better, and their headline is, What the Pending Infrastructure Vote Means for Hunters and Anglers. And I say this with personal experience. I was one of the founding directors when Jim Raine started the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership some 21 years ago. I served on its board for a number of years until I, it just came, became apparent to me that that some of the way the things that I thought we should be doing were, were not being done, or or weren't being done as effectively. But I've supported the organization, I've believed in the organization, and then I read this headline that they believe a conservation organization believes that the this massive this this massive reconciliation bill should be passed. Because of what it's going to do for conservation, and all the money that's going to flow its way if this bill passes, um, 350 million for a first-of-a-kind grant program to construct wildlife-friendly roadway crossings and interconnect fragmented migration corridors. I want to see how that's going to happen. 250 million the Legacy Roads and Trails Remediation Program to improve access to Forest Service public lands and safeguard fish and wildlife habitat from harmful runoff and pollutants caused by roads in disrepair. Reauthorize the Sport Fish Authorization and Boating Trust Fund, which pays for fisheries. We ought to do that. It has nothing to do with more government spending. $1.4 billion for natural infrastructure solutions through promoting resilient operations, for transformative, efficient, and cost-saving transportation projects. I don't know what that means. 14.65 billion for the Clean Water State Revolving Fund program, which supports estuary restoration and stormwater management projects. 400 million for smart for water smart grants with 100 million set aside for natural infrastructure solutions. What is a natural infrastructure solution that embraces resilience to drought and wildfires, facilitates water conservation, creates new habitat, and improves water quality? I could go on and on. It's absolutely appalling to me that a conservation group is looking to the federal government, a private conservation group, is looking to the federal government to fill its coffers with billions, I mean, billions of dollars so that we can greatly expand programs, which I'm sure are are terrifically important. And having spent my entire life, adult life, in and around the conservation community, I fully understand the needs that we have to improve our natural resources. This is this is off the charts. We can't effectively spend the money we have now. The Land and Water Conservation Fund at nine hundred million dollars a year authorization is has been a a slush fund in a lot of ways without great oversight. And we're talking now of creating funds that are twenty, I don't know, thirty times larger than that. We're talking. Billions and billions of dollars. I mean, 1.4 billion for natural infrastructure solutions to promote resilient operations for transformative, efficient, and cost-saving transportation projects. I'm sorry if I if you're mad at me this morning for 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 talking about this. I guess you're going to be mad at me. But as a lifelong conservationist who has supported, as have so many of you. Wonderful private sector conservation efforts, because we believe the private sector, the Ducks Unlimited, the Delta Waterfowls, the, the Rough Grouse Society, the National Wild Turkey Federations, the, the Trout Unlimiteds, all the organizations, Pheasants Forever, and if I've left you out, I'm really sorry. But all the big organizations and all the land trusts are thriving because of the enactment of actions of private individuals, they're not thriving because the federal government decided to send spend billions, billions and billions of dollars all of a sudden to make all the problems we face go away. If if that's truly what what we want to do, for goodness sakes, give the money to Ducks Unlimited, give it to Delta Waterfowl, give it to Pheasants Forever, give it to give it to the organizations, Trout Unlimited. Wild Salmon Center, give it to the organizations that on the ground have proven that they can do the research and effectively develop projects. That's what the North American Wetlands Conservation Act is all about, and that is fifty to sixty million dollars a year. And by the way, it's hard to spend fifty to sixty million I know this personally, it's hard to spend fifty to sixty million dollars a year on wetlands conservation in key areas because most of it is on private land and landowners sometimes are hesitant to engage in conservation projects, particularly landowners on the Canadian prairies and in the Dakotas who look at this as as a way to diminish the impacts and capabilities of agriculture. So if we have a hard time allocating $60 million a year to wetlands conservation a year, I say a hard time, we, the need is there, but being able to deliver these projects on the ground is not easy. What are we suddenly going to do with billions and billions of dollars? It's, it's not going to get spent, or if it gets spent, you can forget about it being efficiently spent. So this is nothing to do with Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever your party affiliation might be, or if you don't have any, this has to do with common sense. You cannot throw. I mean, and for the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership to say this is fabulous and that we need to do this. I wonder who they're talking to in the conservation community. They say the Build Back Budget Reconciliation Act would be a defining victories for this Congress and the administration. I thought the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership was a nonpartisan organization. And both contain very big wins for conservation. Well, I'm not sure that, in fact, as I just said a moment ago, they're not wins for conservation. They are wins for everyone who just feeds at the federal trough in contracts and all these things that occur. Conservation does not need this kind of money. Conservation needs thoughtful expenditures of the resources available today. We already have a billion dollars a year coming to wetlands, waterfowl, through the Land and Water Conservation Fund, through the Pittman-Robertson Fund. We have way over a billion dollars. And we're having trouble wisely spending that money. I I can't imagine this. Anyway, when I read this, I thought if I was still on their board, I would be resigning immediately. And I know the individuals on their board, many of them, and I know the Executive director, well, he's a wonderful person, but I just wonder if maybe organizations that are based in Washington, D.C., in the conservation world, need to come out and see some of the things taking place on the landscape. I'll be back in just a moment with much more on the Great Outdoors show. And when I do, I I have to talk about what's been happening in, in Glasgow or what didn't happen and who didn't show up and ask what that really means for the future of hunting and outdoor recreation i'll be back with much more in just a minute this is charlie potter on the outdoor voice of chicago and america 720 wgn and first a message from our longtime sponsors the northwest indiana and chicagoland chevrolet dealers in the field hunters need to be alert sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are communicate seamlessly with their dogs and when it comes to pickup trucks you want the same qualities the all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology. Tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space in the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the big fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand at Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors, Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And I guess the first segment of this show is certainly a little different than I usually do. I hope you bear with me, bore with me through it. Um, I'm not being political on this. I'm just talking about having had a lifetime of experience in the conservation community. And I know it's very, very hard to spend the money we already have effectively. Moving on, the Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. Well, the analogy I'm going to use, and I think it's really important to the future of hunting and fishing, is... It would be as though we set the rules for the World Series, and only the National League showed up. The American League didn't show up at, the world, at, at this conference to, to discuss the rules for the World Series. Or it would be as though the NFL decided they were going to move the Super Bowl to July and come up with all kinds of things, but they only invited the AFC, not the NFC. That's what happened. Or attended. That's what happened at the climate conference. The world's largest polluter was not there. The Wall Street Journal wrote a fantastic editorial, and I'm not plugging the Wall Street Journal by any means, but they wrote a fantastic editorial saying how Russia and Vladimir Putin were laughing all the way to the bank as the world turns its focus to green energy when Russia derives most of its revenues from traditional oil and gas. And how China has no intention of playing ball, at least not now. And they have said publicly that until 2030, they're not really interested in trying to reduce emissions because they have a growing economy to take care of. While China is building coal plants right and left, we're closing coal plants right and left. What happened at the climate change conference is a little bit like deciding we're going to change all the rules for the World Series or baseball. But only having the National League represented there, and not involving the American League, or that we're going to change all the rules for football, and we're going to make the Super Bowl, you know, touch football or something, and bringing the American Football Conference to the table, but not having the National Football Conference there. We cannot possibly have a discussion on reducing emissions worldwide that could be causing an increase in in climate changes without the biggest players there. And China's made it very clear. They are not interested in reducing emissions until after 2030 because they wanna grow their economy. And as I said a moment ago, Russia laughing all the way to the bank because of course they make their money on oil and gas. So the less oil and gas the rest of the world's producing, guess what? The more their oil and gas is gonna be in demand because there is no immediate transformation from what we've been doing for the past hundred years to whatever we're gonna be doing in the future. So what is this, how is this relevant to the future of hunting and fishing? I think it's very relevant. Species, depending on what happens, are going to adapt. Some may not, that's the story throughout time. But by and large, species are resilient and they're going to adapt. Also, we do not know yet the impact of thousands of windmills in migratory corridors. It could well prove to be that these windmills are absolutely horrible for birds. We don't think they're good for birds, but we don't have the data yet. And, and what if we go and build thousands and thousands of windmills and put them as we have been right down the flyways, the Mississippi flyway, drive through central Illinois, drive along the Illinois River, and what you see are windmills everywhere. That's one of the biggest migratory bird corridors in the world. What if we find out that, geez, we're actually killing Millions of birds because of windmills. So we require certain industries to do exhaustive studies before they do anything. And we enable other industries, because we think they could be helpful to the future of the world, to do, to put up windmills without any evaluation as to their impact. I'm not saying windmills are bad. I hope that they're the future from the point of view of maybe we can, we can have a lot of electricity made by them, that would be great. But we don't we don't know what's going on. So the climate conference, I think the Wall Street Journal said it best, was a lot of noise. And again, I'm not plugging the Wall Street Journal. It was a lot of noise, but the substance of it is not there. And until we say to China, hey, you gotta be at the table. We're not going to make any progress. And 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 for the future of, of, of animals in the United States and Canada which is directly relevant, I guess, to to us. Um, My guess is we've overblown the impacts in a lot of ways, and species have adapted through time. And one of the things that we've already seen, and it's not necessarily because of warming climate, we've seen migrations of so many species shorten. They're shortening because we've changed our agricultural landscape, and we're providing food and habitat and, and the things they need without going as far south. That's a fact. And yet, if you read the climate stuff, that says it's all because of climate change. I think a lot of people would say, no, it's because we've we've provided a better buffet table further north for all kinds of of, of birds. So there's a lot at stake here in the future of this discussion. But I hope we can have it in a a context with, with separating rhetoric from reality and for the near term future of hunting. The climate change conservation is probably not very relevant. A lot of people in the Atlantic salmon industry feel it's very relevant, what's happening with salmon, the potential warming of waters. Same with Pacific salmon. We've got to figure this out, but we need to figure it out with everyone at the table. That's, I guess, my thought on that. I'm going to sign off. I thank you so much for listening today. I I went a little bit far afield. I'll bring it back next week. We won't have two seminal events happening in one week, that I'm sure of. Have a great week in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.